Hey, welcome back to the Life in This podcast. I hope you are <clears throat> your week started off well. You had a good Monday. I wanted to uh, chat through um, the Dubai Watch Week's horology forums that took place in New York City this past weekend. I actually was in New York City, but I didn't have a chance to go to these um, to the forum to to see some of the panels, um, which was if <laughs> if I'm completely honest, kind of a stupid thing that I that I didn't go and attend. Um, but I'll just have to catch it next year. There were some really cool p- uh, panels that took place, and so I wanted to just walk through maybe the agenda of the panels that took place. I'll also leave a link in the show notes to the Horology Forum website and each of the panels, uh, where, where you can sort of navigate to each of the panels. Um, I believe that the Horology Forum, uh, d- sorry, Dubai Watch Week, is going to upload... Um, a uh, recording of some of the panels and some of the classes um, onto their website. So um, I believe it's going to happen next month. So stay tuned. You can check out the link maybe in a couple of days um, if you want to see the panels that that uh, did actually take place. Dubai Watch Week presented its eighth uh, horology forum in New York uh, this past weekend, and it took place both on Saturday and Sunday, the 24th of September and the 25th of September. Um, there were a lot of, there were interesting panels, workshops, and a lot of hands-on time for people to touch and feel a lot of the watches that um, they've, that they're, that they're interested in. As I mentioned, the thing, the um, event ranged from panels to master classes, and so I'll go through a couple of them. One of the panels that took place was called Made in America, um, and is or was um, observing American grassroots attempts at reviving watchmaking as a local industry. It is a matter of heritage and generation of practices that promote a healthy watch industry or will true grit prevail. We bring in American watchmakers. We bring in American-made watchmakers to reveal their journey to answer questions while taking into account increasing consumer demand by Americans for Made in America. Um, the panel of, of individuals who were part of this was Aldous Hodge, watch enthusiast and uh, Hollywood actor, Eric Wind, the owner of Wind Vintage, Cara Barrett, the founder of Parchipal, and Brandon Little, the VP of Product Design at Shinola. These are obviously names that you probably have heard if you are interested in watches. I saw a couple snips of this on in, on Instagram, and it seemed as if the discussions were quite interesting. Each of these individuals brings a pretty unique part of um, a, a pretty unique part of the watch world to this discussion, and so I'm actually very excited to see um, the, uh, the the full panel and, and to to experience that. Um, as I mentioned, there were some master classes. One of them was called um, Adam Moore um, Watch Photography Class. And so it's described by Dubai Watch Week as follows. Get up close and personal with acclaimed watch photographer Adam Moore. Adam shows you the tips and tricks to getting the techniques to um, techniques to ma- um, mask the lighting when you are only inches away from your tiny mechanical art, highlighting the finely crafted details of the watch you wear daily. From the design of an entry-level timepiece to a hot horology movement, there's something to be seen and explored in all watches. Join Adam 
and bring your favorite watches and macro lenses or camera phone to get up close uh, to discover new things about personality of your timepiece. Uh, suitable for all photography levels, watch and camera with macro capabilities required to participate. This is a pretty cool event. I wonder if they are going to release something um, for this for this uh, class. It'd be quite interesting to hear Adam uh, talk about this because obviously when you're making when you're take when you're taking those wrist shots, you want to make sure that you have the best clarity as you can for Instagram. Um, and uh, I think it's a pretty pretty uh, interesting. Um, it must have been a pretty interesting class. Moving forward, Christie's presented the evolution of collecting. This was uh, speakers, uh, Rebecca Ross, the AVP and head of sales watches at Christie's New York, and Caitlin Donovan, the US uh, head of department for handbags and accessories, sneakers, streetwear, and collectibles. Described by uh, Dubai Watch Week, um, as a master class discussing the evolution of the luxury market. The class will survey how collecting has evolved in recent years. It will identify important paradigms in each category and will predict future market trends. For new catalog categories and collectors in the traditional auction market to the evolution of trends in established markets, Caitlin and Rebecca will draw on their experience in the auction world, develop a dialogue that uh, dissects the current state of the luxury collectible marketplace. This is a pretty relevant masterclass and would be would have been quite interesting to hear. I would imagine there's going to be a recording about that. Luxury sort of space uh, is a is a very interesting um, space to study. If I'm honest, um, there's a lot of interesting trends that we've sort of lived through, and it will be interesting to see the ones that we we go through. So. I'm 100% going to listen to that. Another masterclass that was at this um, weekend was the Zenith Watch Clinic. And it's described as follows. Explore the famed El Primer movement. In 1865, Zenith became the first watch manufacturer in the modern sense of the term. And its watches have accompanied extraordinary figure, figures that strive to achieve the impossible, including Louis uh, Blériot, in his his history-making flight across the English Channel, Zenith exclusively uses its own in-house development and manufactured movements in its watches. Since the creation of the El Primero in 1969, the world's first automatic chronograph caliber has mastered the complication with great precision and is capable of measuring the to the closest one-tenth of a second in most recent Chronomaster lines and one one-hundredth of a second in the Defy collection. I really love the Defy. I, I think you probably know this if you follow Life in the Wrist, but really love the Zenith Defies. Um, would be quite interesting to hear about this. Um, the synopsis is, I'm not going to say short, but it doesn't really dive into really what they're going to be looking through. So might might be an interesting one to, to see. Uh, I'm sure that they'll probably have a recording of that. There was also a panel called The People versus Luxury, presenting the case of The People versus Luxury. Luxury has morphed to become a street, a streeter by the minute with increasing price tags. What once was considered gauche is now posh, yield, 
is now posh yielding a long wait list. We explore this topic with industry leaders examining the struggle between maintaining heritage and surrendering to trends. This panel included uh, Marcho, uh, watch collector and co-founder of the Armory, Rebecca Ross, uh, AVP and head of sales uh, watches at Christie's New York, uh, Gian De, De Leon, um, fashion and editorial director at Nordstrom, and Gabe Riley, co-founder of Collective Horology. This tension between um, heritage and sort of succumbing to trends is quite an interesting dynamic. A lot of scholars actually f have spoken about the idea that if you give in to trends and don't produce what is core to you as an uh, your brand as an identity, um, in the as a as a luxury product uh, producer, um, you actually tip over into not maybe being the um, traditional uh, description of what a luxury brand would be considered. It will be very, I, I think this is gonna be one that will be very interesting to listen to because I do know that there is that dynamic and a lot of scholars in this sort of field have spoken about that. I think that's why independent watchmaking is so interesting to me because brands like MBNF are doing things what they wanna do and not really follow, following trends. So, um, just my two cents, but a pretty interesting uh, sounding um, one there. They also had a um, debate called Click Clock Do a Double Take and is described as follows. Blood isn't always thicker than water. Will the watch industry thrive or stifle under family-run businesses? Is fresh blood required to inspire innovation or is it better to keep it in the family we discussed this during our debate topic do a double take where two industry leaders will defend their opposing views in our all new debate format click clock i actually don't know actually i do they are here so fiona, fiona kruger artist designer and creative director was one of the um speakers Barbara Palumbo, jewelry and watch editor at podcast host at jewelry and watch editor, podcast host and public speaker, was also on the panel. And then Tim Masso, who you probably are familiar with, watch specialist at at Watchbox, um, were part of this. It'd be pretty interesting to hear about this. Probably has the dynamic of, you know, the large uh, Richemont uh, LVMH sort of brands in contrast with maybe some of the smaller brands. That, uh, that are out there. For some reason, uh, this 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 um, event focused a lot on NFTs, uh, which was kind of interesting. Um, and one of the events, one of the panels that they had was the NFT flip heads, tails, and edge. Whether you're drawn to it or you're perplexed by it, the world of NFTs and blockchain is here to stay. For the years to come, it's time for watch brands to embrace it and get their hands ticking with it. What are the challenges, opportunities, and changes that it will bring to the world of horology? How can watch brands engage in the world, the new world, and continue to innovate? The panel comprised of uh, Majda Cutter, Managing Director of um, Time for Art, Brian Govberg, Director of Sales at Watchbox, Christopher Seeley, Creative Director and Senior Vice President, one of NFT, and Nicholas Cordy, artist and designer.
this is a pretty good range. You've got people on the NFT side, you've got artists and designers who might be producing NFTs, and you've got watch people in this as well. I think there are brands that are embracing this um, sort of side of uh, the market uh, a little bit heavier. Um, I believe uh, one of the Octofinissimos had a QR code that gave you access to an NFT, an NFT that was released pretty recently but blockchain technology and all those things are being um, are being adopted a lot more by the watch industry and I think uh, rightfully so Christie's had another master class um, called um, the new luxury NFTs and the metaverse um, and this was hosted by Anita uh, Whitney, head of marketing, America's Christie's, and um, it's a masterclass discussing the skyrocketing interest in NFTs in the metaverse. Christie's realized over 150 million in NFT sales in 2021, including Everyday's by the artist Beeple, 469 million, and the first luxury category NFT, and look for, forward further developing the sector of the market. Anita will discuss topics such as emerging trends in the NFT sp space, NFT and luxury collecting, and how is making the art and luxury market more accessible to investors and artists who did not previously participate. I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about um, Everydays or Beeple or um, NFTs, but what I do know is that um, watches have an interesting intersection with this world, and so it would be pretty interesting to hear from someone from Christie's like Nita Whitney uh, or Nita Whitney um, about... Um, you know how Christie's has sort of embraced it and how what their view on it is lastly there was another click clock sort of debate that they had do or do not resuscitate is the the um title and is described as the red pill or the blue pill presenting duality of choice a choice between adapting or dying much like it we pose a similar question is it better to revive a legacy brand or build a new one from scratch we explore this in our debate, do or do not resuscitate using our all-new debate format, Click Clock, where industry leaders go head-to-head -head trying to get their point across. The speakers included Barbara Palumbo, Julian Watch Editor, podcast host and public speaker, who was part of some of the other ones, Jonathan Ferrer, uh, designer and, and founder of Brew Watch Company, which has become very popular recently, Bertrand Malin, CEO of Melb Lux Subsidiaries, MELB. This is a pretty um, interesting question. I think there are some watch brands that are relaunching um, and you're seeing them pop up a little bit more, um, which I think is very cool. I think, you know, when you launch a brand, you have a lot of the heritage behind it that you can take along with you for the ride. But starting new brands can also be quite interesting. I think that's probably why Brew Watch uh, Company was there. Um, Starting a new brand could, could create something completely different. I don't really know uh, which I prefer. I think I've in the past been maybe a little bit critical of brands that do the same thing over and over again. And, and um, uh, you know, don't innovate. And I think if you're resuscitating a brand, sure, you're bringing something that hasn't been seen on the market for a little while, but you might fall into the pattern of just you know relying on what you historically produced 
Whereas new brands, you kind of have to come out with something new and exciting and different to attract people to your watches. Because if they see you're producing something that's very similar to, to something that another brand is already producing, they'll most likely call you a copycat. <laughs> so um, was probably an interesting debate. As I mentioned, I'll leave a link in the show notes uh, of this podcast so you can see um, all the events that took place uh, as well as hopefully the uh, recordings when they are released. There was also a um, couple exhibits, uh, one of them being uh, called, it was called Christie's Bespoke Exhibition, a a trifecta of luxury, which had um, some interesting collectibles in it. Jordan, some watches. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it ranged, I think, which I think would be quite cool. I hope next year that I will be able to actually um, attend and uh, see everything that's going on because I would love to uh, to see that. I'll also leave a link in the show notes to a Hodinkee article where they did some watch spotting, and so there's some quite interesting uh, wrist shots on that article, so I'll leave um, I'll leave a link to in the show notes to that as well. I hope you enjoyed hearing about the horology forum and some of the the formats that they had at this pretty amazing event. Let me know what you think about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can hit us up on our website or on our social media accounts. If you are not following this podcast, be sure to follow it and share it with a friend who might be interested in watches. We'd love to have you part of Life from this family. Um, as always, we uh, produce uh, a YouTube video every week, and we have a corresponding uh, article in the editorial section of our website for that video. So if you want to get some more content from us, be sure to check out the show notes with all of our links. With that said, guys, I hope you all have a wonderful week, and until next time.